All right, everybody, welcome to episode 102, live from my drum room with my very special guest, Luis Conte. And without further ado, I'm going to welcome Luis. You can see it right there. Luis Conte. Here I am. And here he is. <laughs> Luis, I was, I was, thank you for being here today. Welcome to the show, by the way. Oh, man, it's my pleasure. Are you kidding brother. It's so good to see you. And uh, I was stalling for time until Eddie Taduri joined the, the broadcast. So he's, he's watching. So he said we could begin. So Eddie, the man. Eddie's in the house. I love him. <laughs> I love him, too. I love what him, too. What a great guy, man. What a beautiful. He just does so many wonderful things, man. It's I know. Group, man. I know. And I'm, I'm going to have him on in the future because I, I want to talk about traps and, yeah. and all the great things that Eddie does. And, 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 you know, what a great player too, you know, and, and, yeah. you know, I mean, he's, he's got all the bases covered. So, yeah. All right. Got a lot of folks watching. So Luis, I was telling everybody before I brought you on um, this morning, I was out for a run and I started thinking about all the different artists that I've seen you live with perform with. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've played, you've played on records with a million people, but um, I was thinking today, I think, honestly, like of all the drummers that I know and percussionists, I've seen you with more different people, you know, and like, I'll give you an example. Okay. First time I actually met you and talked to you was you were playing with Madonna okay. in the late eighties, you and Jonathan Moffat. Jonathan Moffat. Yeah. Yeah. Blonde ambition. Yeah. In fact, I think I approached you at that point and said, Hey man, we'd love for you to, I just joined Zildjian, love for you to play our drumsticks. And yeah, it was around you that time. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, I, so I, I made note of some dates, 1992 Mike Nesmith tour. Wow. Woo. Do you remember you, you played in Boston, you played at this place called night stage, a club in Cambridge, mass. Yeah. You remember you called me like a couple of days before you said, Hey man, it's last minute. I'm in town with, Mike Nesmith, it was like in February, it was wintertime, and I came out, it was one of the best shows. I got to say a quick hi to him after the show, thanks to you. That was in Boston, right? Yeah, yep. Yeah, man, those gigs were like, wow, because Michael would like, uh, you know, Paul Line, the drummer? Yes, oh yeah. yeah he, he's the one, like, he got me on that, he called me to uh, get on this gig, and, and we were doing gigs with Michael and, and, but his gigs were like wonderful because he, he, it wasn't like tours. He, we would like, they send us a car. We go over to the little Santa Monica airport, get on a private Falcon jet, oh. fly to Chicago, fly to Boston, fly to New York, play the gig, stay a couple of days. He also loved food, <laughs> loved food. So we were going to, we ate, I mean, he knew everywhere to go and everything. It was yeah. amazing. But one amazing thing about that, a few of those, we did that for about a year. We would hit like on the weekends. One time we went to Chicago and I don't remember what hotel it was, man. And I checked into the hotel and he said, tonight at the lounge, Elvin Jones. Oh. <laughs> and I mean, I was there at this hotel and Elvin Jones with his orchestra, his band was playing at the, at the, at the, in the hotel there at the lounge. Oh, man. I don't, oh. I don't remember where that was, what the name hotel is, but it was like amazing. So that's my, <laughs> that's, were you able to like, did you, were you able to finish the gig in time to go back and see Elvin or was it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, oh that's great, man. That's, oh yeah, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. We hung, I got to hang with him and everything. It was great. He was, he was a beautiful cat to hang with too. He wonderful. The only he, time I did, but it was great. Yeah. yeah that's, man. yeah, that's amazing. And, and so, so I remember it was 92 with Michael Nesmith and then Mike Nesmith and then 93 Jackson Brown. I'm alive. Yeah. I was listening to that record over the weekend. That's, I mean, almost 30 years ago and it's such a great record, such an yeah. amazing yeah. record. You and, and Fritz and, and, you know, and of course, Jackson. Chris Leewak and, uh, oh yeah, Jeff Young on keys, Mark, Mark Goldenberg on, on guitar. It was amazing, man. Yeah, Fritz, man, and Kevin McCormick on bass. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Scott yeah. Thurston, I think, was was part it's of that. Scott Thurston. Yeah, and uh, and you guys, I remember you toured a couple of years because I think I saw you two times in like ninety three, ninety four. You guys came back through town a couple of times on that. Tour. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was ninety four. Ninety four. Okay. 
We recorded in 93 and, and no, wait a minute. Maybe it wasn't. Yeah, no, no, you're right. 93. Yeah, because I was on tour with Madonna in 93. And when I fit, and they were going out. And Jackson said, okay, well, when you finish Madonna, you know, come on over because you did the record. And and I yeah. joined, and, and it wasn't until January of 94 that I went. So then we did that. It was 94 and 95 with, with Jackson. Okay, all right, yep. Yeah. And then I think I saw you also in 95 or maybe 96 with Pat Metheny. With Pat Metheny. Yeah. 95. 95, which, which was, <laughs> yeah, I know. I know, we, we went, I don't know if you remember this, my kids remember this who... You know they're grown yeah. now, but we we went to that Mexican restaurant in Boston, yeah, yeah at uh, Fajitas and Ritas, I think it's called or something, right near the Orpheum Theater, and and yeah, yeah. man, I know, I remember I know. that really well, man. You and your kids, man, that was a wonderful afternoon, evening. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. A, I mean, and to see you play with Pat, man, that was like another whole different thing too. Yeah, man. that was, yeah. It was great. He gave me. He used to give me a spot in the show and go out there and do whatever I wanted. Yeah. I could sing. I could play. I could. It was great. Stretch, was man. Yeah, Stretch. yeah. That that was. And then, ninety-seven. Phil Collins. Yeah. That was. Yeah, I just keep the hits. I'll keep on rolling, man. <laughs> I know. No, this is what I'm thinking about. And I go, holy shit! Like, and then, and 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 then I want to say early two thousands, like for many years with James Taylor. It was like that was your. Right. That was a steady, regular, you know, touring gig. Yeah. So, when when the late, you know, unfortunately, when my brother Carlos Vega passed, that was in '98. Yeah. Uh, that's how I, I had, you know, I had met James and everything, and and they called me and says, "Man, you know, we we have uh, a tour that we're doing, and and we're doing this live on the Beacon Theater um, DVD show concert. It's going to be a DVD." Would you come to New York and do that? I said, yeah, I can do that, but I can't do... It was the same thing as as, uh, as Jackson, kind of. I can't do the tour because I was going to go with Phil. Yeah. New York, we were going to do his big band thing. And uh, so I said, you know, I can do the Beacon Theater thing, and then from there I'm going to have to go to Europe. He says, okay, fine. And so we rehearsed, and I remember James saying... James didn't know the conversation with management, and James comes over to me and goes like, Hey, Luis, you don't suppose you packed enough stuff to like just continue on, on the on the tour with us, right? <laughs> I would love to, but I can't. I'm holding up with Phil, man. You know, I got to do this other thing. It's, okay, well, just when you get back, make a call, and then you need to come and meet us. Uh, that's nice, man. That's that's nice to, yeah. What a blessing, man. What a blessing. Well, I mean, but you. I'm blessed. That's why you're who you are, man. That's that's why you get those you get those calls. You get those gigs. Yeah. Now, when I, Luis, when I saw you with Phil Collins, was Ricky Lawson playing drums on that? It was Ricky. right. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. When I first joined, my first thing with with Phil, when the Phil thing went down in ninety was ninety six. Yeah, because we did in ninety six and ninety eight. So in ninety six, he wanted to do a big band. You know, Phil. I don't know if yeah. you know about the Phil. Have you heard about the Phil yes. Collins big band? He Absolutely. That? Yep. So that's how I meet him. They want. They had. They had. It was faxes in those days. They sent me faxes about going to do a recording, and the guys were out there already recording. It was Ricky Lawson and the late Ricky Lawson and Nathan East, etc. And then they said, "Okay, we're not. We're gonna." They changed their mind. We're not gonna use the percussion, but we're doing this big band tour in '96. So that's when when I started with Phil. It was actually Phil was playing the drums, and there's a little story I'll tell you. So. Yeah, um, it's the big band. Phil's the drummer. I'm the percussion player. And about three days into rehearsal, Phil comes by and goes, "Hey, Lewis, did you get uh, that cassette from uh, Put Steve Jones, who's his right hand guy?" And we're like, "No, what cassette?" He says, oh, "He'll get you know, just, he'll get it to you." He says, "You, you know, you got to play drums on three songs, you know, because I'm gonna have to go up front and sing." <laughs> and I was already in Switzerland. I'm going like. I got a what? He says, yeah. <laughs> I said, did you uh, did you ever think of asking me before I got on the plane that I played drums? <laughs> I tell you what, man, I've played drums at a wedding once, and I got a set of drums in my house that belongs to my son. And once in a while, I sit in it, but they're right-handed, and I'm left-handed. I knew so, you were left-handed. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and Phil's, you know what Phil says? 
because he's he's one he's like this man he's just like yeah. he just, he, no doubt you you're doing it period <laughs> he looked at me and was like okay so you're left-handed and i'm left-handed you learn the songs you play percussion you can play the drums or what do you want me to do bring chester out here he can just sit around all day just to play three songs that's not gonna happen you're doing it <laughs> just like that said, okay <laughs> oh man wow yeah. Oh, that's too much, man. Talk yeah. about, yeah. I knew, I knew, I had a feeling it was going that way when you, when, when you said, I'm left-handed and I could th picture Phil saying, great, man. So am I like, you know, exactly. yeah, <laughs> He's going, you gotta do it. That's it. <laughs> said, okay, man. No problem. Uh, so my first dude, my first, my first performance, an actual playing the drum set. The first gig was at Royal Albert Hall. Oh my no God. Pressure. There's no pressure. It was no. Royal Albert Hall. <laughs> no pressure. Uh, <laughs> Princess Di was there. Wow. It was a command performance for um, the, the Queen or whatever, and, and um, it was had to do with South Africa. So mm. President Mandela was there. Princess Di and, and, and the other guy were there. Uh, Quincy Jones was conducting. Tony <laughs> Bennett was singing, co-singing one of the songs with, with Phil. <laughs> and... No, there's no pressure. It's broadcasted on the BBC live. Okay, Luis, here you go. Oh man, I gotta go look for, for this. So this this gotta be this probably like videos right on YouTube. There's gotta be. Gotta be. Okay. I don't know. I never wow. looked. I never looked. But yeah, I I never heard this story, Luis. I didn't know that, man. Yeah, yeah that was the first gig, man. Wow. And what song? Yeah. What songs were they? Were you playing like a like a big band kind of standard, or was it? There we did two songs, and it was "Do Nothing Till You Hear From Me" and. Uh, Always. Da, 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 da. Always is a balance in three, four. That one's yeah. really easy, you know. Yeah. But do yeah. nothing from the, you hear from me. It's uh, from J, from uh, Quincy Jones' album. I forget which album. JR's on the, it's JR's parts. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> man, I was practicing that shit like. <laughs> <laughs> and then, man, you know what? I dug it so much. Then I started like. We started doing sound checks, and I get Phil to get off, get off the drums, and go hear what it sounds like out there, man. So, I, and I would like play the drums. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's <laughs> drummers love that. You know, to be able to hear how their drums sound by you know a, a real drummer playing them. You know, and yeah, house. yeah. So it yeah. turned out to be like really, really fun. Man, <laughs> wow, that's yeah. that's some great stuff. I I had no idea. Yeah, first gig, man. Live and, on the BBC. And all these, all these different gigs. I mean, I I have to imagine every every gig was unique in its own way, right? I mean, like you're playing with Madonna. It's it's mostly like there's a lot of program parts that you're kind of playing to, right? A lot of. I mean, I guess that's the way it is with a lot of stuff these days. But I I remember that being a pretty you know Jonathan playing to a sequencer and and uh, do it for it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you say these days, but. It's, it's these days, but it's a little bit of those days because things have changed. Pro Tools didn't exist. Yeah, then. yeah. You know, this is this is '87. So I forget what they use. They use these machine things. I forget what it was. It was under the stage. And what I, the way we did that gig, what I was told, uh, Pat Leonard was a musical director and a producer. Yeah. When I got on the gig, he said, "Look, check out the songs. There's a whole bunch of stuff, stuff that that's played or programmed." See what you what you don't want to play. Program it. You know they gave me a little drum machine and, and I would like program the little parts. We'll put that into the whatever that thing is that's playing the tracks. I see. And then you play what you like. You know, so yeah. like, you know, Papa Don't Preach had like uh, like a cabasa part, like a, not silly, it's just like a very broken up cabasa part. So it's like I'm not gonna stand there and you go chicky chicky chick, you know. You know, I just program that and I play something else. Yeah, and I come yeah. up with my own parts, which is really great. Yeah, it was it? Do you, mean... um, you want to hear something about the Madonna gig? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. When the gig came in, I go in there. They tell me to go, can you come in? Hey, my name is uh, Michael Bloom. It was the guy that worked for, for Pat. And uh, we're going to be playing over at Leeds Rental. And I wonder if you want to come and play some percussion. There's, it's for Madonna, and there's a, these three songs you got to play. It's basically an audition. You know? 
Yeah. You're going to play these three songs. I go, one, one was Papa Don't Freeze, the other one was Live to Tell, and I forget what the other one was. I go, okay. Yeah, sure. Boom. So it was so early then, man. I barely even had any, I, I didn't really have a cartridge company. I, have a, I had a couple of guys that would call, hey, can you bring my stuff, man? You know? Yeah. My stuff was all raggedy all over the place, you know, <laughs> all set up. And I'm set, I'm set up right next to this monster set of Jonathan Sugar Moffat, who's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> in every way. Shiny symbols, everything, you know. Everything. Perfect. Beautiful. Yeah. The man. GQ. So he walks in. Hey, man, how's it going? You know, shake hands. And he sits down on the drums and he goes, <laughs> right? So I start grooving with him. We, there was nobody there. We played, I don't know for how long, for quite a while. Till a few people started walking in and then, then we stopped. And when we stopped, we hear, Hey, you mother of a... That sounded pretty freaking good. And it's Madonna. She was up in the balcony all this time. Oh, wow. She had gotten there early. She, I don't know what she was doing back in... She was by herself up there. And she yeah. heard the whole jam. Wow. She had the gig. You're in. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. That was it. What a great story, man. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. I, I, remember, I remember seeing you guys at least one time and... And it, it really seemed like you, you had a lot of freedom to, to, I mean, you know, like you say, you're playing these parts that are, you know, there were a lot of stuff, a lot of parts on the records that you're emulating. Yeah. But I remember you playing a lot of kungas and some timbales yeah. and, and really getting to play, which was great. You know, and I, I think that must have been a great thing about her band was like, Jonathan got to play, you got to play and, and, uh, oh and man, st- yeah. Still keep the groove and, and it's, it, the show's her, but you guys all, the band gets to play. Yeah, like I said, I mean, I, I program things, and then I could come up with parts that I wanted to play, you know, like, uh, I mean, I forget some of the songs now, but there's this one tune, the Blonde Ambition tune, there was one tune, there's like no congas or anything, but I had this whole conga thing going with a couple of dolls pads that I would hit the program part, and, and it was rocking. Yeah. And yeah. she loved it. She loves congas. She loves, she loves percussion. So yeah. she, you know, everybody was very happy. Great was, man. I played yeah. with Jonathan. was amazing, man. And, and it was my first, I mean, I never played for 50,000 people, man. You know what I mean? In stadiums, you know, get out to Europe and it's like soccer stadiums, you know, multi-nights, Versailles, you know, 200,000 people. It was like, this is big. Yeah, that is, man. Big. So, I mean, talking about how you, I know you, you came to the States in the 70s. You came over and... and I came to the States in 67. 67, okay. Yeah. I came from Cuba. Right. From Santiago de Cuba because of the communists and all that stuff. I, you know, I got out of there and I uh, I went to Spain from Cuba. as the only way to get out. And I was there for about four months till I had my papers and everything to come to L.A. To li- and I lived with a third. I left on my own. I was being by- I've been by myself without my parents since when I was 15. Man. And then I went over to a state with a third cousin of my dad, who I didn't really know, but my dad had sent him letters. He was nice enough to sponsor me because I was underage. So I went yeah. to high school, living with them. I went to Hollywood High School. You did? Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you knew, did you, you know Jeff and all the Toto guys? And No, man. Oh, they, I, they, were, I, they were Grant. They were, they were a different school. Yeah, they were Grant. Grant. And yeah. I, I never knew those guys. I, I might have seen them play. You know, I got to tell you, I, my my those forming years of high school times were very troubled years for me. Mm. It's a completely different world of how most of you guys or most guys, you know, that I know when they were 15, they were living, you know. I was not in my home. I was not in my country. I was not with my mom and dad, my grandma. I barely knew the people I lived with. We sort of got along, but it wasn't honestly my favorite place to be. So I was a trouble. I was not... Yeah, it, was, it wasn't very good days, and uh, and there was a, a major thing that happened. Is like my family back in Cuba. I mean, the radio was in my house all the time. My dad had records of all kinds. My dad played on Sundays. He played from big bands to Cuban music to opera to whatever. I mean, he loved music. And when I came here where I was living, 
nobody cared about music. There was then the radio going on with the news, and so mm-hmm. I was totally I got totally disconnected for a little while. So I never knew what was going on. I did go to a couple of battle of the bands that they would do up there up there in the Hollywood Palladium. I probably saw those guys play, you know. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't know anybody. And and you were you were playing you were playing percussion. You were interested in music at that at fifteen. You you'd already been playing while you were in Cuba. Well, I was in Cuba and I was playing guitar too. Right, right, right. Okay, I'm, yeah. I was sort of playing playing the guitar. I I was playing. My grandmother's fault for me to be a percussionist because I lived in Santiago. And my grandmother, from my mom's side, was from Havana, it's on the other side of the island, and she would come and spend. She'd get on the bus and come down to the end of the island and stay with us for two or three months and then go back to Havana. And whenever she would come, she goes, this kid, man, he loves music. She'd bring me a guido. Next time she'd bring me maracas. She brought me some bongos. She brought, she, and I would like, from the play, even when I was in the playpen, she says they used to play with, sort of hit things. And then I would play to the radio. Yeah. The radio would be on, and it was like, all day, whatever. It's what I love to do. And then, then the Beatles came along, and I found a guitar. I wanted to be a rocker. I started playing guitar. <laughs> yeah. But it turns out that the guitar is probably the most important, including the clave, the most important instrument in Cuban music. It comes from the guitar. So yeah. and when I went back to Santiago, I, I went back to visit back in 2009. I, re- I had not been back since I was 15. I realized, man, Wonder I love to play guitar. Everybody, you know, it's it's a big part of the music. You know? Yeah. So that anyway, was so. that was the first time, Luis, you went back in two thousand nine since you yeah. left. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I didn't, I, I, you know, I didn't realize that. I, I think I remember you telling me that you'd gone back, but I, I don't know why I assumed you'd probably had gone back before that. But no, no, it's it's uh it's it's you know it's a government it's it's politics and yeah yeah. Man, I'm invited to go to the. I was invited to go to the Cuban to the jazz festival uh, that happens in January, but I don't know. People yeah, go, no, oh, I... you should go. You should go. I, I'm. I don't want. I, you know, half my people, more everybody over there. They're they're struggling. They're hungry. They're like, yeah, go over there. Like you know, live like I'm the man, hanging with the, the big boys that live well, with that government that doesn't let anybody breathe. Yeah, I'm not doing yeah. that. I dig. No, I I understand, and it must have been an emotional thing for you to go back there, and for me this, to go back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but I mean, look at, I mean, look at what you've become. You know, it's just it's it's amazing to just. It's, God bless you, brother. That you. Thank you. Man. Yeah, you know, you came here and and shit, man. Look at you're yeah. Luis Conte. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm not to get religious in you, man, but I I uh, I'm I'm a guy that believes that I'm I'm. Uh, in Spanish, you're a marioneta. Is uh, I'm a marionette. I'm a puppet, and the Lord has got me up here like this with these things, and He's the one. Because if you know my story, being alone at 15 years old in Spain, and ended up like this, yeah, it had to be Him. Yeah, I mean, I was in Hollywood, man. I I, I ran away. Listen, I, I was a runaway a couple times when I was in high school. You know, I did all kinds of stuff. So the Lord took care of me. Yeah, yeah. And and did you find at a point that you started to really get more serious about music? Like by the time you were in your later teens, like you were, I'm guessing, playing with some guys and, and, and bands and it was keeping you more focused and kind of that was the that was the, the path you wanted to go down? Yeah, I, it, I'm a super late comer, even though I was, I was playing, but I didn't know. I thought I was going to end up being, I don't know, working McDonald's or, or a doctor. I don't know. I, yeah. The farthest thing from my head was, oh, I'm going to be a musician. You know? Yeah. I just love music. <laughs> and I don't know why I was like that. And when I finished high school, I ran into some drummers, some percussion players at Los Angeles City College. I started going to Los Angeles City College. And I loving music so much, I said, well, I'm going to take, you know, musicianship one. And maybe piano one. But as I'm going to class, there's a, the African American Students Association is having an event. And when I walk in to the school, all I heard was like, 
it was like, I haven't had a conga drum since I left Cuba, man. <laughs> like, I walked in there and they were all there. And I, and I met them and they, they told me what they got the drums. There were some Valjay congas. I went yeah. and bought some Valjay congas. And I was playing right there. That was and 20 million percent of the time music. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. What what was what was the first um what you'd consider to be like big sort of break or session or or gig, you know, playing gig that you got? Well, the 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 first gig that I kind of got to travel and uh well, okay, first it was there was it was a salsa gig in LA. A guy that came from Panama uh, his name was, he's still around, I think he's in Europe, his name is Azukida, and he was super happening singer, and it was like the band to be in at the moment in LA, yeah. and I would just play, you know, I played all kinds of music, but I was just, whatever, yeah, I can play Cuban music, so I heard about this thing, and I went to the rehearsal, and the conga player showed up late, he wasn't there. All right. So uh, I said, hey, you know, I play conga, I was like, oh yeah, you mind? Okay, tumpachi. Hey, you want to do the gig? Boom! So I, so I joined the gig with with the hottest salsa guy in LA. Wow! Yeah, the guy Azuguita. But then I, you know, I start. You know, you're networking, man. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yep. Absolutely. And you go here. I'm. I'm you're a hundred percent of like who is who, what is what, where do you go, where can I go, what is happening, who's playing, everything, learning, who's teaching that. What kind of music, what instrument is that? You know, it's all the stuff going on. And um, I hear like, hey, well, there's a musician's union. <laughs> uh, I go, musician's union, well, we haven't get a job there. <laughs> so I go to the musician's union, which is in Hollywood, which is where I lived, was right there. So yeah. I go in and I run into this guy I have met at a club. And he said, Luis, what are you doing? I said, no, I just got here. I said, what's going on? I says, man, there were these couple of people here that were looking for somebody to play percussion. They said they have a hit record. They have a record that just came out on RCA and, they, and it's climbing up the charts and they're going on New York. Where's the number? Right here. Give me a number. Call them up. I didn't even have a car, man. I, I had a motorcycle. <laughs> I called a friend of mine. I called a friend of mine and said, man, Rudy, can you get, please give me a ride? Pick up my congas. And I got to go do this audition, man. Anyway. Long story short, these people were uh, the Hughes Corporation. They did that song, Rock the Boat. Oh, huge. Yeah. Yeah. Rock the Boat. It was the biggest hit that year. They were nominated for Grammy and the whole thing. Yeah. So I got, on the, I, I got on that gig and I got to see the country. I got to play. Man, those days, I love R&B music, man. Yeah. And uh, we, we played with, you know, we had billings. Sometimes it'd be like. And I remember doing a gig at the Nassau Coliseum when it was the Staple Singers, Sly and the Family Stone, oh, uh, Rally's Night on the Pips, Cool on the Gang. Oh, man. And the Hughes Corporation. We were the opening act. And, you know, so I was traveling doing these gigs. You know, another gig would be like Ohio Players and the Spinners. Yeah, yeah. Another, another, we spent one time two weeks in 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 Toronto at the O'Keefe Center. It was the Hughes Corporation and the then the Spinners, who I loved. I love them too. Yeah. So, yeah, man. And you know, we did you know Don Kirshner in concert, ABC in concert, the Midnight Special, uh, Soul Train. Yeah, yeah. American Bandstand. Blah, blah. I mean, I was doing all of that. It was great. It was great. Wow. Just a, yeah. still probably like in your early twenties, right? Young guy, just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, in my twenties, man. Man, wow! And yeah, that, and that... I I wasn't even an American citizen yet. Actually, I I I never ended up going with them to Europe because I couldn't get a visa because all I had was a a Cuban passport. So I had to yeah. become, you know, I was dealing with my citizenship so I could travel. So it was fantastic. And I'm and I'm guessing through that, as you said, because you know, you like you say you. You network, you you meet people, you make a great impression on somebody as soon as you meet them, no doubt about it. And and that had to just begin it, right? I mean, that was like just one thing after another. I'm guessing it. Yeah, and then you start meeting. Yeah, you start meeting, just meeting people. And, and you know, there, there was a percussionist in. Uh, yeah, the next thing what happened? I came home. There was a guy who passed away. He's the original conga player with Willie Colon, who was a major salsa guy. Yeah. 
His name was Hector Andrade. His nickname was Bucky. He was my be- one of my best friends, if not my best friend. He was uh, he had come out here. He had been had to come to to clean up. He had come to L.A. because he had drug problems and he was like getting his life together over here. And we hit it up real good. And he was the kind of player that showed up late at Azuquita's gig. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a little bit of a flake. And, <laughs> and from there, you know, he, he actually, I remember I got off that gig because I couldn't go to Europe. And Hector came by and says, hey, man, the, the uh, Supremes are auditioning oh, um, percussionists. This is how cool a friend he was, man. He says, I'm auditioning. You want to go audition? I go, yeah. He let me know about it. Yeah. And we both went and auditioned. I got the gig. Man. And, and, uh, from there, it, 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 it snowed. It went over to like, at that, at that, I remember getting a call from Gil Askey, who was Diana Ross's musical director. Called, said, call me late at night. My phone rings. And my parents had just come from Cuba. So I was living, we were not a house. I was living with my parents. My, my dad goes, hey, somebody's on the phone. It's midnight. <laughs> hey, this is Gil Asky. Hey, I was at the rehearsals, uh, the auditions there where you were uh, rehearsing uh, for the Supremes, you know. So Diana Duraz is going on a tour. You want to play with us? I go, yeah. Wow. So, yeah. you know, I like that. Blah, blah, yeah, blah. yeah. You know. Man. Hey, I, I have to tell you, Luis, um, our old friend, your very good friend, Lee Mullen, is watching. Oh, and, my uh, brother. Yeah, your brother. I, I think you're the godfather of one of his kids, I think, right? Yeah. You told me that a long time ago when I met Lee. Jack Luis. Yeah, that's, that's great. And Craig Haynes, I don't know if you know Craig, but he's the son of Roy Haynes. The oh, my goodness. Haynes. And Ooh. Craig just said, I am loving this. So I just I wanted to share that with you. because. Oh, man. Well, say hello, please. Yeah, yeah. Hey, and Craig's, oh, Craig's great guy and a great friend. And of course, his dad is just a god to all of us. So, yeah, man. Man, this is so great. So uh, there's so much stuff I want to I wanna ask you about. Um, one of my favorite songs that you played on, and, and uh, a Toto song, uh, Can You Hear What I'm Saying? Uh-huh. That yeah. was, I think, I think it was put, it, they put it like on a, like a compilation or something like that. Yeah. Uh, Sort of greatest hits and yeah. compilation and some new songs. Yeah. Yeah. Great. I mean, you and Jeff sound, I mean, the whole band, of course, but hearing you and Jeff together on the same tune. Is, oh, man. Is, yeah. I tell you, my playing got better from playing with Jeff. Yeah. I, I know it. I, 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 I would have to think so. Yeah. I mean, anybody, right? I mean, yeah. And he probably, if he were here, would say the same thing about playing with you. I, I would bet you. I would I bet you that would guy. say that. That's great. Did you guys cut that together? Was that? No. Was that... No, we overdone. I, I came in over there. We did our Bill Schnee studio. It was already recorded. And I it was. Over. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. James Guthrie, I think, was the producer. I, I, I know it was a long time ago, and I, and yeah. I was listening to that recently, and, and just, you know, again, so much space. But, but you know, like you, you don't – the, the, what, what I love about the way you play, Luis, is you, you don't fill it up just for the sake of filling it up. You know what I mean? It's like you just play these beautiful, tasteful parts. And, you know, it's, it's, it's not blazing, fast, timbali, yeah. single-stroke rolls. Thank you, man. Well, yeah. it's just I play what the music, what I hear, you know. Yeah. That's how I play. I play is what I hear. People ask me, hey, how, how did you know you played that triangle? Why did you play a triangle on that section? It's the music tells you. Yeah. You know, I, it's like a language, and I have the words here, which are the instruments, and, and there's questions. If you look at it that way, there's sentences, and you got to fill up the sentences, and that's what you use. So the, the message yeah. that the music is sending you tells you what to play. And so that, and I had a feeling you were going to say something like that. So, and, and I guess you kind of answered my question. So when you, when you come up with these parts, you're, you're just hearing it and you're feeling it. You're not, I mean, it's, you can't really go there to a session with a preconceived idea, right? You kind of have to hear the tune yeah. and then it just, but it's instinct probably, right? It just instinct sort of takes over and you go, yeah, man, a triangle is going to work here and I'm going to use a shaker for this part. And uh, yeah. Yeah. And so, sometimes you don't know. 
even. Yeah. You'll know once you do the first thing. Yeah. You know, like uh, I did a, a, a record this past week with this, uh, actually a Mexican uh, band was real big called Los Temerarios. And they had this one song where they said, you know, it was based, it was very basic. Most of it was congas, bongos, because a lot of ballads and, you know, yeah. colors. And, but this is the one tune. It's like, hey, this one's not like all this other thing. And I know we would like probably like a tamarind, and but we don't know what else, you know. And was, well, they said they wanted a tamarind, and I definitely hear a tamarind. So while I'm doing the tamarind, I'm going to hear the next part. That's how it works. I see. Yeah. Yep. Or sometimes you're not hearing it, and you go, well, can we listen back, you know, and you go in there, take your time and listen to the song, and maybe you don't hear anything else. Or I ended up. In that case, I ended up finding my uh, uh, Middle Eastern Darbuka. And I kind of heard that. Yeah. You know, not played as a, it was a pop tune. It wasn't played as a as a authentic Darbuka part. Right. But it was the sound that was great. And they, it worked out great. But I heard that by playing to the song. Yeah, yeah. And in a lot of those situations, Luis, are you... Do you have the benefit of hearing most of the track complete with the drums or, or is it like a drum machine maybe? And it's like a, like a reference track kind of thing or, and you've got to work with that or maybe different situations, different things or. It's always different, but most of the time there's the drums are there. Most of, the you know, I'm, I'm like an additional after the fact kind of guy. So most of the yeah. time, you know, the rhythm section is there, you know, yeah. Yeah. there might not be a vocal, they might have like a synth going, doing what the vocal does, maybe, or maybe nothing. But mostly there's, I get, you know, a good basic track to play to, you know, most yeah, of the time. Yeah, you know? yeah that's because that's even like, you know, I, jumping back to like we talked about the Jackson Brown record, um, I'm Alive, like from the, from the 90s. It sounds like when you, and I guess it's maybe, it's, it's the way it's mixed and the way it's produced that makes it sound like you guys are all in the same room together. Right? Well, or, this, yes, this okay. was this was okay. Real, yeah, yeah, real tracking. We we were talking about overdubs or going in like this record that I just talked about last week. You know, the tracks are done. Abe Junior had played drums on on oh yeah on the tracks, and Abe Senior played bass actually, and uh, so the tracks are there. And then I add things, but Jackson Brown. I'm there with everybody. Yeah. Okay. You know. That makes much more sense. Cause I, I'm, you know, listening, I'm going, it, it really sounds like everybody's like, you're, you're grooving off of what you're hearing kind of in real time. Yeah. Jackson's yeah. records. Well, yeah, we're all together and that record I'm alive. Um, yeah. I mean, he gives you total freedom of what to do. You know, we yeah. got the songs and we start just doing it. You know, he's, he's got a studio and we can just spend days, you know, working on stuff, which is fantastic. The way yeah. to make music and take your time and relax. And, and you, you come up with things like Uru's or Bombo Leguero from Argentina or some shit like, you know, I, I played stuff like that on that record. It works great. Yeah. There's so much great. There's so many great sounds on that record. I know. Yeah. I think. I'm going to see if there's some questions we can, we can answer for some folks here real quick. Uh, John Rogers, I saw a live concert video concert video with Luis and Madonna, and I love the Agogo Bell part in Vogue. Too cool. Yeah, check it out. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Wow, you heard that, huh? That yeah. that that Gogo Bell part is uh, it was electronic. I had to play it electronically. Uh, it's what's on the Vogue record. Yeah, that's matter of fact, we're talking about freedom of what to play with Madonna. That is that one was an exception, and that one. Uh, was it Genevieve Benitez, whoever it was that produced the thing? I forget who it was. They came to the show and they actually, they actually came up to me and says, "Hey, there's a global part in in Vogue that you gotta play, man. You should play." I never paid attention to it. Oh, okay. Nobody said anything. <laughs> and then I started doing, it and it's, it's great. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and good for John for picking up on that. But like you say, if it's part, if it's like, you know, an integral part of a hit song, then yeah, you wanna. Good ears, good ears. Good ears, yeah. I want to just read you something Eddie Taduri wrote, too. Eddie said, In all that Luis does, he always has time to help people in various charities. In 25 years, he hasn't missed a chance to play for us and to support the trap program. So, ah. 
Man, that's great. Well, it's my great. honor to be there. Yeah. It's my honor, man. That's fantastic. Beautiful, and beautiful thing. Yeah, it is a beautiful thing. And and speaking of that, speaking to Eddie, I know Eddie's up in Santa Barbara. You 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 bought a place north of LA, right? You're Yeah. We're close by there. It's a little town called Carpinteria. Yes, yeah. Which is in Spanish means woodshop. And it's it's just uh it's maybe fifteen miles from Santa Barbara. On the right. way there. On the way there. Which yeah. is which is nice because everybody goes to Santa Barbara and they pass our place, which is cool. It's like nice and quiet. Yeah, yeah. Keep going, keep going to Santa Barbara. Yeah. Yeah, it's, oh yeah, Santa Barbara. Beautiful. It's covered in real. Yeah. And you you guys are like, are you on the water? I think you I'm about me. I'm about one tenth of a mile from the water. Oh my I can God. hear I can hear the water from my bedroom. Beautiful, man. That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, it's pretty nice. It's not it's not a big place, it's just a little tiny place. Fantastic, though. Good for you. It it comes from uh, when I was a boy. My dad, we, my dad was a doctor. He had a, we had you know we lived in a, our home in the city, and then he had bought a little like a hut out in the at the beach, and we would go out there and spend so much time. So I always had that thing of like having another place to go to the beach. And, yeah, and I was blessed to be able to do it. So. That's great, man. Good for you. I'm so yeah. happy. I, I remember when you got that place, and you were. Yeah, you were excited to have like a a little getaway spot, you know? Oh, I love it. That's beautiful. Well, man, ride my bike, you know, enjoy. Great. You look great, by the way, Luis. You look, you look, I, you know, you look like you're riding your bike a lot. You look really healthy. I'm trying to keep up with all you guys. <laughs> I'm getting old, but I'm trying to keep up with you guys, man. Oh, yeah. Man. Tell me you about know, it. It's it's good to. Uh, to keep fit, you know, you have to exercise, exercising, especially what we do, man. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's it's muscular, you know. It's we're boxing every day, you know what I mean? It's yeah, like when I play in the corner, it's like box. So you gotta stay in shape. I ride a bike, or if I don't ride, I walk. I don't That's do much. Right. I'm not a big weight guy. And yeah, stuff like that. But I I stretch, and stretching is really important. Yes, yeah, and and you mentioned earlier at the very beginning. Um, you have some drums. You have an electronic set, did you say, set up at your house? No, no, no. Oh, I had a set of oh, my, drum, my son's drums. Your son's drums. That's right. When, back yeah. in the day, when he was living here, because he's married now, he had a set yeah. of drums in there. So you don't have, you don't have like a, a drum set at your, at your place I, now? I do. I have a, a, uh, a Yamaha, I forget what it's called. Uh, One of the hip gigs? A little jazz kick? set. Yeah. It's a little jazz set. I got... For, I've had it for years, but it's not even set up. It's in the closet. Okay, yeah. My stuff, I mean, I'm not in my studio right now. I mean, it's just, you know, it's just instruments, you know, tons of from all over the world. It's kind of like more of the stuff I do, you know. Yeah, yeah. Now, I was just curious about that. I just, I was just curious if you, if you ever, like, got behind the drums and sort of, you know. I don't, I don't mind. I mean, if, yeah. I, if there's a drum set there and I can see them behind the drums... Most of most of them are right-handed, so I just try to do whatever I can do. I got this I, one right here for when you come out to Boston, right here for you. That's me, man. Yeah, got my name on it. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Yeah. Well, I, I I was going to ask you. I know we're getting close to to time here, but I wanted to ask you too. Uh, I kind of missed this question I'd written down. Talking about like all the sessions that you do. Um, I know you have a cartage guy now. Like when you when you get called to do a record, for example, and it's it's not you're not doing it at your home studio, but you're in a studio. Yeah. Do you do you bring pretty much like all your stuff? Do you just bring like an array of? Yeah, I bring. A, you have to. Yeah. I send a lot of stuff because look, like this particular record that I did this weekend with the Temerarios man. It's like if you heard their music and you, I, I went on Spotify to check out all their stuff. It's, and what they told me is basically all boleros, and I know what fits in there, you know. What's... But I send more stuff just in case. Yeah. Guess what? Yeah. They ended up using a darbuka, which right. that would not have been part of their scene at all, you know. So I do. I don't oversend stuff. Like I knew I wasn't gonna like use batadrums on the red, you know, and stuff like that, but. I sing quite a bit of. Uh, I have I have one setup that I that we call it's John Resnick from Angel City Drum Works that does my yes. stuff. Yeah, and we have like all right, the cases have numbers, and we also have like studio setup. Studio setup is when it's like basic, 
And then I go, studio setup without the surdo, the batas, or the udus. But then I, then we have another setup, which is like studio setup plus African world. So then he's got all these other cases with the African instruments. Wow. You know, that's how we work it, you know. And when you have to really send pretty much all your stuff is if you don't have the music ahead of time and you're working on a film. Yeah, yep, okay. Because then you don't know yeah. what's going to happen. But That's most of the time on a film, you get the music ahead, or, or at least they send you the charts ahead of time. Yeah. <clears throat> so you see the instrumentation you need to send. I got you. Well, that, that makes sense. Okay, and I, I should have, yeah, I should have asked that question that you have a heads up, like you say, you get a chart ahead of time, so you have a heads up of, of more or less what you're going to need. And like the same when you play in the Grammys, for example, you know, yeah. you know, you know what the music's going to be, so you're, yeah. You can yeah, then, then it's like basic. And the Grammys, for example, it's like a basic life setup, you know, with, with your basic hand percussion, you know, your shakers yeah. and tamarines, you know, you got to have some color, beltries and highs and triangles and, and then the heavy stuff like the conga, timbal. I use a hand sonic also in case sometimes they need some sounds or hand claps or, yeah. you know, my timbales, or, you know, djembe. It all depends, you know. But that's more of a life kind of a light thing for the, what we're talking before is for the sessions. It's you on movies. You, you usually know because you have the instrumentation, but records, you kind of like sort of figure it out on your own. Yeah. You hope you have yeah. everything you need. And that's, and that's why they, they call you and they, they call Luke Conte from Vegas. Luke. <laughs> that's him. That's him. Cause you're, cause you're burning. And you're Luke Conte from, from yeah, Vegas. Right. The track is burning, man. <laughs> hey, Juan Escovito is watching, and he said, Luis Conte is the best. So, ah, who was uh, that? Uh, Juan Escovito. Oh, man. Yeah. Yo, yeah. what's up? <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Juan, Juan I agree. Uh, yeah. uh, Luis, this is great, man. Well, we're, we're, we're kind of wrapping it up. I, I was going to – anything you want to talk about that's, that's coming up that you're going to be doing? And, um well, I'm working on a new album, man. I'm just starting to work on some stuff with a friend of mine named San Miguel Perez. We want to do a very traditional Cuban country record. Wow, man. Yeah. Like from, from where I'm from. Like out there yeah. from the bush, from where he's from too. And, and uh, San Miguel is his name. We started doing a couple of gigs right over here in Thousand Oaks, a little restaurant. Hey, man, let's go. You know, for a couple hours, we get some food and get paid. And it's just tres guitar and bongos. And then we're going to... We're writing some stuff. I've got three songs written. Great. That's one thing. And I've been playing with my band, The Baked Potato, you know, doing little yeah. things like that when I'm free and once in a while. And and basically just as plans, you know, uh, James is probably going to tour. They send some dates about touring next year. You know, I may do some of it. You know, yeah. at this point, I'm not really touring as much as I was before, you know, staying yeah. Yeah. close to home. So everything is just happening. Yeah, great. No, it's it's yeah, it's nice to be in that 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 position where you can you can stay home, you know, keep busy at home. Thank Go God. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Man, you know when the pandemic came, you know, it's like I, I have a lot of friends too that go like, wow. I mean, you, you weren't doing anything. You could, all of a sudden, oh, we have a life. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean. I mean, yeah. Oh yeah, there is a bed where I sleep in every day, and the same TV and my same kitchen. Oh yeah, every day, and it's got the same stuff in the bathroom. Like I don't have to move it. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy, it's, oh yeah, it's always there. You know, you start you start looking at this stuff, and it's like, plus you know, my wife has been a little ill, so I couldn't really travel. Yeah. Too much yeah. when John started when um, when James started touring in 21 2021 so i pretty straight home i've pretty much been home for about three years man yeah for a couple of i went to somewhere to do the grammys and then i did a, just did a thing with james in boston and, right you know at that uh fenway uh musical yeah yeah mgm yeah the the new place there yeah we did that thing there and I so i might great. i might do some stuff with him next year but we'll see great well, I hope to hope to see you then, if not sooner than that. But I know, uh, man. I haven't seen you in person in a while. I know it's been a few. It's been a few years. A few Nam shows, anyway. Yeah. Pandemic, but please, 
please give my love to Lupe and uh, and to and to Louis, who Thank I haven't you, seen bro. since he was a a little guy. You know, yeah. was, he's a nurse practitioner now at UCLA. He's a big honcho. Oh man, that's great. He's doing great, man. My daughter's doing great. Karina, Lupe's hanging in there, and we're we're good. Kelly's good. Everybody good. Everybody's good. Yeah, kids are good. Grandkids are good. It's all yeah. Grandkids. Yeah. I see those pictures. It's great. I I know it's a trip. I'll just tell you, we we yesterday we went to the we do their soccer games on Sundays and yeah. um my my granddaughter got three goals yesterday. She got whoa, that's big yeah, time. Five the last time we went and three. Oh my yesterday. god! Yeah, she's 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 a machine. She's amazing. And uh, that's yeah. amazing. That's great. Yeah, it's great. So, but man. Luis, man, I love you so much. So good to see you. Thank you for doing this today. It's my pleasure, man. I, I want to thank you because, you know, guys like you, man, we need more people like Jonathan Christopher, man. You're a blessing to us, man. It's okay. a wonderful thing. Every time I see you on the social media thing and you doing the thing with all us percussionists and drummers, it's, it's just keeping the, keeping the fire alive, man. Wow. Thank you, brother. Th I'm, thank you. I... For I don't real. know what to say. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. For it's, real. When you I, asked me to do this, I, I I was super thrilled when you asked me. I was like, are you kidding? Oh. I'll cancel whatever. I'll do this thing. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. And and uh, yeah, next, uh, you know, everybody watching, thank you for, for watching yeah. today. And next, next Monday, uh, one of our close friends, me and Luis's good friend, John Robinson, will be on. And Woo. yeah, so we'll keep it going. That's going to be burning, I bet. It, it's going to be burning. It's gonna, <laughs> we have to bring you on to... to I have to be burning. there. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, hang tight if you would, Luis, and I'll end the broadcast and we'll say goodbye. Everybody, big hand for Luis Conte. Oh, uh, yeah. The man. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. And thanks for watching, everybody. And uh, I'll see you next week with, uh, with JR. <laughs>